Thank you so much, Dan. Thank you so much, Dan and Salah, for having me here. And it's such an honor to get to know you and to be part of your journey. It's incredible what God is doing through you in Dubai and from Dubai around the world. You know, I don't know if you know, but this church has already made a difference in India with the children in Mumbai. Last time when I came to visit, Dan got me up and did an interview and you gave an incredible gift as a result of which so many children have found hope, they are finding nutrition, they are being educated, you know, they are being loved. So thank you for making that happen. So I want to thank you for your heart of compassion for, for people who are being, um, you know, people who are being exploited. This, is, this does not need to happen when we are alive. You know, my dream my vision is to end exploitation of children in our lifetime, in our generation. And I believe it's possible. If the church can rise up and do our job, it's no rocket science. It is so simple. It is possible. No one can do everything, but everyone can do something. And if every one of us can do that something, and there's a lot of people doing something, it becomes everything. Right? It's as simple as that. Sometimes, oh, what can I do? What difference can I make? I'm only a little boy or a, yeah, one person. But when you, that is the power of the church. As a church, when we come together, so I want to encourage you to get planted in the life of the church. If you're still a visitor, if you're still coming and going, checking out the place, the Bible says those who are planted in the house of the Lord flourish in the courts of God. So if only, you can only flourish when you're planted. So I want to encourage you to get planted. This is a good place to get planted because this church is not here to be a spiritual club. This church is here to make a difference in Dubai, in the United Arab Emirates and also around the world. I know your pastors. I know their heart. That is their heart. That is their, that is their vision. That is their dream. So when you get planted in this church, what happens? You are becoming, becoming partakers of that big vision. Your life is getting bigger. Your hands are getting longer. Your world is getting larger. That is why it is very important to get involved. So don't be a consumer. Be a shareholder. Okay? Get involved. Put your stake down. Put your stake down. Sign up to volunteer. You know, give. Just, just become a part of it. And I believe you can change the world. That's how you change the world. One person at a time. Get involved. So good to see my friends. From Abu Dhabi, Dirk and Simone. And <laughs> brilliant. They've come and spent a weekend with us. And I want to say the weekend that changed our life. You know, it's been an incredible time. And their children fell in love with our dog. <laughs> so thank you for being here. So good to see you all. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 45 to 52. As it's getting ready on the screen, let's take a moment to pray. Abba, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We want to thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Today I pray that you will speak to us, Lord. You will minister to us, Lord. You will change us, Lord. Transform us, Lord. Draw us 
closer to Jesus than ever before. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 45 to 52. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. Pretty violent, isn't it? It's like watching an action movie. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that, there is, that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's. And he will, and he will give, give all of you into our hands. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. David ran and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine's sword and drew it from the sheath. After he killed him, he cut off his head with a sword. Man, Hollywood movie. When the Philistines saw that their, their hero was dead, they turned and ran. Then the men of Israel and Judah surged forward with a shout and pursued the Philistines to the entrance of Gath and to the gates of Ekron. Their dead were strewn along the Sharaim road to Gath and Ekron. This is a very familiar passage to all of us. One of my favorite Bible stories. You know, David was the youngest in his family. He was a shepherd boy from a small town called Bethlehem. And his big brothers were, some of them were in the army. So one day his dad told him, David, I got a job for you. Go find out how your brothers are doing. So David was excited. As you know, during those times, there was no internet. There were no mobile phones, <laughs> no telephones. If you had to get a news or send a news, somebody had to go or somebody had to come. So David had the opportunity to go and find out how his brothers were doing. So next morning, early morning, he got ready. His mom packed some cheese sandwiches. Yes, it's in the Bible, you know. <laughs> and um, sent it with him for his brothers. And, and, and David went there, got there, left, left the sandwiches with the man of the supplies. And he ran to the front line, greeted his brothers. And he saw something that, was, that kind of got his attention. So this was a war scenario. Two armies, army of Israel and the army of the Philistines. There was a valley in the middle and one side of the hill, the whole army of Israel. On the other side, the whole army of the Philistines. And as David was watching the Israelite army, they would just get out of their camp. They would, you know, they would do the, the leaders would come and do the pep talk, the inspirational talk, really motivate them, fire them up, pump them up. Yeah, we're going to go. And they would get out of their tents, come running towards the line of control, like shouting the war cry, sledging like the South African cricket team towards the Australians. You're gonna this, we're going to show you who we are. We're going to knock you down today. 
This is the last day of your life. I don't know what they were saying. But they were making a lot of noise. So as they got closer to the line, one guy, one guy from among the Philistines, he would come out of his tent. He was a pretty big guy. Nine foot tall. He would come out and he would say, if any one of you is able to come and fight me one on one, take me on. The whole of the Philistines would be subject to you. But if you lose, you have to be subject to us. As soon as they heard this guy shout, or all their war cry sounds just went, went down. You know, there was no sound. There was an awkward quietness there. And there was a new song being sung. They began to look at Goliath. This guy's name was Goliath. And they would like, they would sing a song something like this. How great is that guy? Sing with me how strong is that guy? Look at his biceps and his triceps. They began to magnify the problem. They began to talk about how big the problem was. How big Goliath was. And they would come back to their tents. And this would happen again and again. David saw this and he said, hey, what's going on? What's happening here? And people began to tell him what's going on. And then, and then somebody said, hey, if the king, this has become such a big embarrassment to our whole nation that nobody is able to go and fight him, that the king had given a very attractive offer. Whoever who goes and fights him, and not in the Bible, but come back alive. If you come back alive, the king will give his daughter in marriage to him. He can marry the king's daughter, king's son-in-law. Wow, maybe the future king. And also income tax exemption for the whole family. That's a very good deal. Right? I know in Dubai you don't pay tax, but still a good deal. <laughs> Even then, nobody was willing to go fight him. Nobody had the guts to cross that line. So David, hey, 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 tell, tell me. And David's brothers came and, what's going on? Why are you here? Where are those few sheep? You know, that you are supposed to look after. Go, go, back, go back to your sheep. This is not of your business. But David kept on inquiring. And David made a statement there. He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the army of the living God? Right. First time somebody said like that. Now, all these guys, they were soldiers, military people. They had stars on their shoulders. They had uniform, they had swords, they, had, they were trained to fight, they were paid to fight. They looked like soldiers and they were making a lot of noise but on this side of the line. And these were the army of God. They were the people of God, right? Army of Israel, army of God. But even then, they were not able to cross the line. They were making a lot, lot of noise on their camp. Sometimes I think this, sometimes the church looks like this. We are making a lot of noise in here. But we are not able to cross the line and go to the other side and make a difference. It's not about making a lot of noise. It's about making a difference. It's okay to, it's great. You know, but let the difference be greater than the noise that you're making. 
and there is power in the name of Jesus for us to do that. But it so David comes here. He was not a soldier. He was he didn't have a uniform. He was not paid to fight. But he came here. There was something different about him. What was different about him? If you read the previous chapter, we read that the prophet Samuel came looking for David to his town. And he found him. And he he gave him a new privilege, a new position. You know, put a call on his life to be the king of Israel. That is grace, right? Samuel is a type of Jesus Christ. Jesus came looking for us. Jesus said, you did not choose me, but I chose you. He came in, in search of us. He said, the good shepherd has come to seek and save that which was lost. I have come to seek and save that which was lost. He told the story of the good shepherd who left the 99 and went after the one. That is grace. David had experienced grace. He had experienced undeserved favor. His brothers would have qualified to be the king of Israel. Even his dad didn't think that he was good enough. But God chose him. Isn't that the story of all of us? Don't we have a story like that to tell? Jesus died for me. He paid the price for me, on behalf of me, on the cross of Calvary, as a result of which, today I am able to have a relationship with the Father. That is salvation. David had experienced that. Not only that, he was anointed with oil. That is a type of the Holy Spirit. David had the Holy Spirit of God living inside of him. In Psalm, in the Psalms, he himself has written about his experience with the Holy Spirit. He prays, please don't take the Holy Spirit away from me. Right. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit was given to certain people, certain generations, for certain tasks. But in the New Testament, we all have the gift of the Holy Spirit. Right. The Spirit without measure. Now David had the Holy Spirit living inside of him. What does the Holy Spirit do? Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will take from me and give to you. He teaches us more about Jesus. He reveals Jesus to us. So David, I believe, had a revelation of Jesus. In in his Psalms, we can see prophetic references to Jesus. Why? Because even though it was thousands of years before Jesus, because of the Holy Spirit living inside of him, he had seen, he had foreseen the coming Messiah. He had foreseen the cross and the resurrection. He knew, he knew that before the creation of the earth, the lamb was slain. He had a revelation of that. That was the difference of David. And when he came into the picture, something changed. Something changed. Now, everybody, the whole nation of Israel, all the guys in the army, the leaders, king, everybody, they saw this problem in the problem level, in the natural level, in the, you know, in the, the scene level, what, you can, what can be seen in the peripheral level. They saw it as a political problem. They saw it as a national problem. Right? They, they saw it as a problem between two nations. You know, there is more to it than what you can see. There is more to it than what you can see. We all live in a world where we, we face Goliaths every day. 
we face challenges every day maybe in your marriage in your workplace in your family in your relationships in your school in your colleges you know life every day challenges much bigger than us come and stand in front of us and shout at us right and the natural temptation is for us to see how small we are and how big the problem is right we start singing the song same song that these guys were singing how great is the problem this this is too huge how big the devil is that's what we t- instead of having a, the right perspective we start thinking about how big the devil is how big the problem is but when david came he brought a totally different perspective he knew that this is not a national problem he knew that this is not a law and order problem it is not a political problem this is a spiritual problem everything that you see around the world, in the world every problem that you see every negativity that you see every you know every every sin that you see every exploitation that you see every discrimination that you see every disease sickness has a spirit behind it there is a spirit behind it it is a spiritual problem unless and until we identify the spirit and attack it and take victory in the spirit realm we will never solve the problem we cannot move forward we will keep talking about the problem we will keep dissecting the problem we will do research on the problem we will get a phd on the problem but we will never solve the problem right now god wants you to live a victorious life i told you i live in mumbai we have huge problems you know 2.2 million children every year die of malnutrition is there a nutrition problem is there a is there a you know slavery problem it's an exploitation problem yes that is what it looks like in the peripheral but that is not the real problem who is doing this jesus said the thief comes only to steal kill and destroy if the devil is stealing your joy if you're losing your joy in your life in your marriage in your family in your work if your finances is being drained out if your health is being drained out if the harmony in your marriage in your family is being drained out it is not a physical problem i'm not denying the i'm not saying don't go don't go to the doctor of course do you know there is a physical aspect to it but it is more to it than what you can see in the peripheral there's more to it there are some days i wake up for no reason i'm in a bad mood cracky like or oh, you think oh pastor biju can you ask my wife she'll tell you she like what's wrong with you and i like what's wrong with you <laughs> am i the only one you all look like i think you got a problem what's wrong with you <laughs> i know you all go through that you know heaviness comes upon us sometimes there are so many things that happens to us we cannot explain right in at work you go and pitch to a client they wow they love your product they love your concept 
you know second meeting third meeting ready to sign the contract all of a sudden he's not picking up his phone what's wrong hey you they have no explanation all of a sudden it, it goes away you are taking one step forward two step backwards or two step forward and one step backward you are not really making a lot of progress is that how god wants you to live in this world i don't believe so i don't believe so as christians you don't have to live like that as children of god there is a different realm in which we can live god wants you and me to live in the realm and the way to live in the realm is to come to a realization come to the awareness that we are living in a world where spiritual world is a real reality it's not spooky right it's not like spiritual mystical no it's real right hello there is a devil and he's out there and he's out there to get you all right let's face it but good thing is jesus said in this world in me you will have peace in this world you will have trouble but do but be of good courage i have overcome the world i have overcome the world the victory is already been won david knew that you know when david made this statement i'll go fight him your servant will go and i'll go fight him the news spread the king called him who is this guy ready to go and fight him king looked at him as a little kid you really want to go fight him he's a big guy he's been a fighter since he was young you know are you able to fight him so david had a story to tell he said king once a bear and once a lion came to attack my sheep but the lord delivered the lion and the bear into my hands the same god who delivered the lion and the bear into my hands will also deliver this giant into my hands amen what happened you know david had a personal experience with god he had an encounter with god he had a he you know if you look go through the psalms of david he lived a life of total dependency on god right this he knew that this battle will be won on your knees on your knees psalm 63 david said god you are my god early will i seek you my soul longs for you psalm 27 he says even though um um when my enemies come against me you know to devour my flesh even though they wage a war against me i will not fear okay then what does he say one thing i ask of you this is what i seek that i may dwell in the house of the lord all the days of my life there was something about david he lived a life of prayer he lived a life of total dependency on the on the holy spirit who was inside of him friends christian life is not us trying to live for god it's all about the resurrected jesus living in you living his life through you amen god living through us that takes all the pressure off of us i don't have to try and perform i don't i don't have to try and make it happen he is more than able to i just have to let him get out of the way and let him live right when we lean on him when we live a life of dependency on him things begin to happen when the lord jesus lived in this world 
actually even though he was he's god he lived as a man all the miracles that he did he did as a man otherwise it wouldn't make sense he was called the last adam as adam was in this world so was jesus in this world you know adam disobeyed jesus obeyed right adam messed up he lost his authority over everything god had given the authority over everything to adam until he disobeyed god he would exercise authority over everything everything would even nature would listen to adam he was supposed to be the king in this world he was supposed to supposed to um display the reign of god in this world right but because of disobedience he gave away the authority to the devil god didn't give any authority to the devil adam gave it man gave it but jesus when he came he lived a life of total obedience so how did jesus heal the sick how did jesus raise the dead not because he is god even though he is god he did it as a man why because he lived a life of total dependency on the father he only did what the father wanted him to do john chapter 14 if you read the whole chapter he is explaining it so clearly and then he is creating the shift and teaching the disciples about the holy spirit and john chapter 15 through the analogy of the vine and the branches he is telling the disciples how you can live like me in this world if you live a life of total dependency on the holy spirit no branch can bear fruit on its own but if the branch would remain in the vine when the branch remains in the vine it is drawing the life from the vine right drawing the essence from the vine fruit comes automatically right god wants your life to be fruitful god wants your life to be dynamic god wants your life to be powerful in this world god wants you to live a victorious life but jesus said in john chapter 15 verse 5 apart from me you can do nothing but with him we can do all things we can do all things the intention of god for every christian is to live like jesus in this world that's why the holy spirit came that is why the holy spirit is living inside of us but when we live a life of dependency on the holy spirit constant dependency on the holy spirit what happens our inner man the spiritual man is alive right you are a spirit right we are a spirit look at the person next to you and say you are a spirit oh you are a spirit talking some ghost language here <laughs> we have spirit right we have a body we live in a body so now now god god lives in the spirit part of our being you know that's where god when we receive jesus into our lives we become spiritually alive right spiritually we were dead god who is rich in mercy efficient chapter 2 because of his great love for us made us alive with christ right we christianity is not change of lifestyle it's dead people coming alive right we have come alive now because we are spiritually alive we are spiritual ears we are spiritual eyes we can in uh, 1 corinthians chapter 2 the last verse the bible says you have the mind of christ what does that mean we have the ability to think like jesus when you have 
when our spiritual faculty, faculties are alive and active, we are able to sense, understand, see, hear things in the spiritual realm. Right? We are able to operate in that realm. So, the key is, David lived a life of dependency on the Holy Spirit. That is what prayer is. You know, prayer is not a spiritual ritual. Prayer is not a shopping list. Right? For some people, prayer is a, give a list, God sign. No. Prayer is, you take a blank paper, you sign underneath and give it to God and say, to God, you write. Right? We sign, give it to him. That's why when Jesus told the disciples to pray, he taught them, he said, pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's not about me telling you what to do. I want to hear what you are saying. When you are living a life of dependency on the Lord continually with an awareness that God, I cannot live without you. That is when you become powerful. You know, how often do you pray? How often should we pray? Somebody asked, there was a man called Smith Wigglesworth many years ago. He died in England, you know. One of my heroes, he raised 14 people from the dead back to life in his lifetime. Somebody asked him, Mr. Wigglesworth, how long do you pray every day? He said, I never pray more than half an hour. But there is not a single half an hour in my day that goes without prayer. (laughs) That means 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Apostle Paul says, pray continually. What does that mean? The, the Greek word that he is used there is the same word that is used to talk about a person who's got a cough. So if I've got a cough, what do I do? I'm always coughing, right? So I don't have to think about coughing. I'm talking to Pastor Dan. I'm talking to Dan. Hey, Dan, how are you doing? <coughs> How's Stella doing? <coughs> you know? We've all had coughs at some point. Okay, maybe you don't have. But you've seen people who've got cough. Have you ever seen somebody who's got a cough saying, it's already five o'clock, I haven't had time to cough. Let me just go and cough for half an hour and come back. Have you ever seen? You've seen, right? It just happens. It just happens. You do your life, you go about with your life, but you keep coughing. Prayer is like that. That is... The word the Apostle Paul has used there, pray continually. When you are living a life where you are totally depending on the Holy Spirit for your every breath, for every, every heartbeat, for every decision, for every step, you have to move forward. You know, you lean on Him. You draw from Him. He is your life. Then He begins to lead you. He begins to guide you. You begin to hear his voice. You begin to see things the way he sees things. Then we are able to solve problems at David level. David said, he, we know the long story, I don't have time. He went and said, you come against me with a sword and a spear, spear and a javelin. That means you, it looks like a sickness or a financial problem, marriage problem, whatever. That's how you come against me. But I come against you. In the name of the Lord. What is the name of the Lord? His name is Jesus. You know, David had a revelation of Jesus. He's saying, I am coming against you in the name of the Lord. And we know what his name is. Right. 
That is why we say in the name of Jesus. In Jesus name. There is power in that name. There is freedom in that name. There is deliverance in that name. There is victory in that name. There is healing in that name. Today I want God wants you to rise up. I don't know what you are going through. I don't know what you are in the middle of right now. I don't know what is your Goliath standing in front of you. But no matter what it is, no matter how big it looks like, God wants you to fight this battle on your knees. When you are falling on your knees before God, He will make you stand in front of any Goliath. When you can face, fall face down before God, you can stand head and shoulder lifted high in front of any challenge. Face, face, you know, up front, you can face because you know that the victory has already been won. I believe that is a word for you today. I believe people here are going to rise up. I believe it's time for you to stand up. I believe it is not to run back, but to run forward. David ran towards the enemy. Run towards the enemy. Because you are going forward in the name of the Lord. Why don't we stand together? I want to pray for you. I know people here facing challenges, difficulties, you know, impossibilities. But God is on your side. He is with you. He is for you. He is on your side. The victory is on your side. When you go forward in the name of the Lord, nothing can stand before you. Nothing can stand against you. Every Goliath will fall. As we are all in an atmosphere of prayer, I want to give an opportunity for people to really connect with God. You know, if you don't have this kind of confidence like David, you are saying, oh, yeah, I hear what you are saying, but I don't have the kind of confidence to, to go forward like that. I don't know this Lord. I don't know this Jesus. I don't have a personal relationship with God. I don't really know if He really loves me. I don't know if, if I'm really good enough for Him to, you know, do this journey with me. I'm messed up in life. Friend, you are in the right place. If that is you, you are in the right place. You know, God is not angry at you. God is not angry with you. He loves you. He cares about you. He's got an incredible plan and purpose for your life. You can start this journey with God right now. Wherever you are, you don't have to spend any money for that. You don't have to go on a pilgrimage. You don't have to light any candles. Because on the cross 2000 years ago, Jesus paid the price. He shed even to the last drop of his blood for your sin to be removed. So that you could become a child of God. You can have a relationship with God. Today all you have to do is pray a simple prayer from the bottom of your heart. Asking Him to come into your life. If you want to make that prayer, if you want to start this relationship with God, wherever you are, as a sign of surrender to God, just lift up your right hand. I want to lead you in a prayer. Yes, God sees also. Yes, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Over there, thank you. Thank you. This is the most powerful thing you could ever do. I want to pray for you. Why don't we pray together? Repeat this prayer after me from the bottom of your heart. Lord Jesus, I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again from the dead. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior from now forever. In Jesus' name, Amen. Come on church, let's congratulate those who have made that decision.
This is the best prayer you could ever make. This is the best decision you can ever make. Heaven is in your heart. Thank you so much for having me. Darren Shala, uh, all of you, Rome and Nushi and every single one of you, we love you. Thank you for standing with us. Together, I believe we can make a difference. God bless you. Thank you for listening. For more podcasts and information, visit citylightsdubai.com.